Thank you, Ryan. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Psalms 23. This is one of those passages of scriptures that is very familiar to you. Uh, some of you probably uh, have memorized it and, and know it by heart and cherish it deeply. Uh, I have uh, enjoyed studying it and preaching it and and just delighted in seeing the good shepherd in this passage of Scripture. And so from this passage of Scripture, what I want to do this morning is I want to share with you and look into this passage of Scripture real quickly and just see what shepherding is and how the Lord shepherds His sheep. And then I want to go from there and then give you my pledge to you, Redeemer Church. Let's read this passage of Scripture together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy, mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise be to God in His reading of His Word. So what does this look like? What does this shepherding look like to us today in our lives there? Ryan, thank you for that charge there. And so as we look at this, what is this going to look like in in our every single day lives of the ministry here at Redeemer? I want to go to another verse and read to you 1 Peter 5, 1 and 3, where Peter is speaking to his fellow elders. He says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock." And when the chief shepherd shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. So what does this look like? Psalms 23 gives us a clear picture of what it looks like. C.H. Spurgeon wrote this about Psalms 23. He says, The 23rd Psalm is the nightingale of the Psalms. It is a small of a homely feather singing shyly out of obscurity. But oh, it has filled the air of the whole world with the melodious joy 
greater than the heart can conceive. Blessed be the day on which the psalm was born. So what I want to see here from this is Jesus Christ is the good shepherd and he uses under shepherds to provide care for his people. First of all, we see David's declaration and response. The scripture says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David makes this declaration right off the bat with a response. The Lord is my shepherd. David is recalling back on his life as he was a shepherd. And now he sees his God, his Lord, his sovereign Lord as a shepherd. And he sees himself as a sheep. And he's bringing this analogy to the minds of the reader here. God was like a shepherd to David now. And he sees himself as that sheep being led by the shepherd. David describes this Lord. He's the keeper of the sheep. This is the main occupation of the Israelites at that time. They guarded their sheep, led them, provided food and water. They took care of them. They even insisted in the delivery of the young. They rescued them. And so we, David is so showing us here a perfect example that he is trusting in the Lord to be his shepherd. And he uses the word Lord. This is the covenant-making God here. The covenant-making God. The Lord is my shepherd. And he says, I shall not want. Then IV says, I shall not be in want. The NET says, I lack nothing. And the NLT says, I have all that I need. You see, David, what he's doing here, he's saying every need is satisfied by the good shepherd and I lack nothing. I lack nothing in my life. Nothing. And can we, today, as we, as we look to the Lord Jesus Christ as our ultimate shepherd, as the good shepherd, can we say, I shall not want. Because our every single need is being met by the Good Shepherd. Now we see the Shepherd's provision and leading. Verses 2 through 3. It tells us, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You see, the Lord knew how to make David rest when he needed it. He knew how to do that. And so as we see here, the Scripture says, He makes me and He leads me. Sheep don't always know what it needs and must depend on the shepherd. You see? Shepherd, sheep, excuse me, sheep depend on the shepherd. The Scripture is clear. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters or that quiet waters. Here are the provision that the shepherd is providing here. Green pastures and still waters. You, you see, 
One thing is, as you look back in that time, in the ancient time there, biblical days, you, you don't get this picture as you look out here into our campus here and see all the green grass that has to be cut every week. You, you didn't see that all the time in ancient times. What you saw was patches of it. You held mountains and hills that you had to take your sheep and climb through and get to the green pastures so that they could lie down in it and nourish off of the grass. And then as you see the still water, you see sheep will not go up to raging, rushing waters. They fear it. And so it is the responsibility of the shepherd to lead them to green pastures so that they could be satisfying on the nourishment of the grass. It is the shepherd's responsibility there to take them through those mountains and find the right path that where there is a still water just flowing so that they may drink and be satisfied. That their thirst may be quenched. You know, as we look at it, it's calm, cool, refreshing water that satisfies our soul. Also, verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. You see, the shepherd's care had its attended effect. As the shepherd led his sheep to the green pastures and to the still waters, what was the effect? He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He leads me in the right path for His name's sake. Paths of righteousness. The Lord leading had a moral aspect in David's life. Holiness. This was for His holiness, David's holiness. And so as we see here, the leading of the shepherd is for His name's sake. God's motivation to display His glory bound by His name in leading His sheep. It's all for His name's sake. For His glory. A beautiful picture of the shepherd's provision in leading Thirdly, the shepherd's presence. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You see, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, the shepherd has to lead the flock through treacherous areas. Maybe on a hillside, on a mountaintop right there where there's barely just enough room to walk and as you're looking down the edge, it's fearful. It's scary. The path is unknown. You don't know if you're going to fall over, tip over, or slip or what on a rock. You just don't know. And, and here, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David says, I will fear no evil. Even though it's scary to go down that path, because I know that path is a right path. The shepherd is leading me down that right path. And even though I may walk through that dark valley, I will fear no evil. David says here, I will fear no evil. David has no reason to fear. Why? 
Why is David says, I have no reason to fear no evil? Look at the verse. For you are with me. The Lord Jesus, the good shepherd, is with us. He is with his sheep. When we are going down that dark valley, the shadow of death, that darkness, that fearful experience in our life, he is with us. And then look, what a beautiful comfort, comfort we have here. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. You see, when that sheep is going through the valley of the shadow of death, he knows that his shepherd has that rod and staff to gently grab him around the neck, to gently nod him into that direction to keep going down that path, to keep leading him. It also is that comforting presence of the Good Shepherd. Fourthly, the shepherd as host, verses 5 through 6, tells us, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now David looks and sees the shepherd leader as a gracious host. As a gracious host. Scripture says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. David sees the provision of goodness given by the Lord as a host inviting him to a table prepared for him. It's prepared. As you see here, you prepare. The Lord has prepared. It is that preparation and care beforehand. It is He has set down a table prepared for you. And here He is inviting you to this table. A feast. A bountiful, plentiful feast for the sheep. To sit down, to rest, to be comforted, to enjoy the table that He has set before you there. It is a wonderful picture of the the shepherd preparing there. And as we see that there, we see you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We don't know exactly what was going on and what was right there in the midst of David's life, but we do see that there was enemies around. And if there's enemies around, how do you sit at a table and enjoy it? Because what you're going to do is you're going to go in there and scarf it down and head out to the battle. But the great shepherd here, the good shepherd says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. They are standing on the outside looking at this feast and festival going on. And there's no need to fear. There's no need to run. Because you're in the presence of the good shepherd. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. What a blessing for David as he sees here. It was an ancient host would would anoint the honored guests with oil made by adding perfume to olive oil. So Mark, next time you come to the house, be sure that a little EVOO is going to be sprinkled on your head. No. No. 
this was a ancient tradition there of blessing, of honor. Here the guest has arrived and, and now we're pouring oil out saying you are my honored guest. My cup overflows. My cup overflows. David cup, David's cup was overflowing. What does that mean? That means it's not half empty. It's not half full. It's not empty. David's cup is overflowing because of the provisions of the Lord that He has made for David as the Good Shepherd. It's overflowing there. Our cups are overflowing today. We shouldn't look at our cups half full are needing more. If we really look at our life, if we really look at our life, how the Good Shepherd has been so gracious to us in our lives, we would see that our cup is overflowing abundantly and we don't have enough napkins to wipe it up. We do. Surely goodness mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The host's care brought the goodness and mercy of God to David all the days of his life. All the days of his life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. It is that follow there is a constant pursuing there. The goodness and mercy is constantly pursuing the life of David. And David says, I shall dwell. David ends with calm assurance he would enjoy the presence of the Lord forever, now and beyond. That forever is that days without end. So as we see this passage of Scripture in Psalms 23, we could be assured to the gospel truth of this. How do we see this passage, this side of the cross? The Lord is my shepherd. In John 10, 11, He is the good shepherd. The scripture says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down His life for the sheep. Jesus Christ here says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus Christ, he is the great shepherd. Hebrews 13 and 20 says, The great shepherd of the sheep. And then he is the chief shepherd. 1 Peter 5, 4 says, When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Jesus Christ is my shepherd. And I shall not want. So we see Jesus Christ as the great shepherd. And I believe that He is called under shepherds to provide care for the sheep. As we've already seen in 1 Peter 5, 1, 1-3, I want to revise my declaration from that passage of Scripture to you. And I read it this way. I will shepherd the flock of God that is part of Redeemer Church. I will exercise oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly. 
as God would have me, not for shameful gain. But I eagerly, eagerly, not domineering over those in my charge, but being an example to the flock. That's my first declaration. Secondly, as your under-shepherd, I will lead you to green pastures and still waters so that your soul will be satisfied in Christ Jesus. You see, this is all I know. I just know the God of this Bible. And my responsibility is to lead you to Christ. That you may feast a bountiful helping of His Word in your life so that you become more and more like Him. More and more. And that your souls will be satisfied in Christ Jesus. Thirdly, as your under-shepherd, I will walk with you when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, because there's going to be those times in your life where you're going to go down that lonesome road where it's going to be dark and it's going to be scary and there's going to be times when you just don't know what's going to go on. I want to be your shepherd that says, I want to be faithful to walk with you as you go down the shadow of death. Down that valley, I want to be there with you to cry with you, to mourn with you, to rejoice with you, to praise God with you through that time. And as your under-shepherd, I will be a gracious host to you. My home is open. My life is open to you as a gracious host. I want to anoint your head with oil that your cup may overflow as your under-shepherd. Praise be to God for His faithfulness to call leaders. Father, may You use me for Your namesake, for Your honor and for Your glory. May You use the elders of Redeemer Church to shepherd the flock that You have entrusted to us. May we shepherd in love and grace, but also, Lord, with the Word of God that is our standard. May You be pleased with us. And may the sheep be satisfied in Christ Jesus. In Christ's name, Amen. I'd like to ask Ron and Tammy to come up. And if you guys will stand over here on this side of the stage, and I would ask Robbie Joplin and Mark Holden and Ben Brown to come up as well. And if you three men will uh, surround uh, Ron and Tammy from behind and lay your hands on them in a moment, I want to give a charge to Ron and then... Robbie, as a representative of the congregation, is going to pray for uh, Ron and Tammy. And then uh, Mark, as a representative of the, eld- uh, the deacons, is going to pray for them. And then Ben, as a representative of the elder team, is going to pray for them. Ron and Tammy, if you all will step forward and give them some room to step in behind. Yeah, there you go. All right. Let's see here.
Well, the first thing I want to do, Ron, is I want to um, I want to give you a short charge from one elder to another elder. Um, I want to tell you three things. I want to tell you that shepherding is an honor. If you think about the fact that Jesus Himself came down to earth and became a shepherd, and as He looked out upon the multitudes of people and He saw them as sheep without a shepherd, and He began to shepherd them and love them and teach them and preach to them and heal their diseases and walk through the valley with them, here you have God in human flesh. Very God of very God as a shepherd among people. He dies, is resurrected from the dead, and ascends into heaven and says, I want to play shepherds for those people to act in my place until I return as King of kings and Lord of lords, as the chief shepherd. It's an honor to be a shepherd of God's flock. I cannot conceive of or think of a greater honor than what it means to be an elder. And so, I want you to know that. The second thing I want you to know is that it is war. I know that many men who I have, who know and am friends with, as soon as they have become elders, have faced significant spiritual trials. Um, both in their own life, in their family, and also in the flock. And I just want you to know that being an elder is a battle every day. And you know, we read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, which talks about putting on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, and, and the, the sh- uh, sword of uh, the Spirit, and, and, and all of that. We read that, and we think to ourselves, he's talking about something that's coming that's going to be really big that we've got to be prepared for. But I'm convinced that the battle as an elder is a battle of everyday, mundane, normal type of stuff that happens in your life and my life and the congregation's life that you have to have your sword drawn. You've got to have your breastplate already on, ready to do battle. Because every single day is war. You need to know that. But third, I want to tell you that it is a blessing. There's no greater blessing than the and the blessing of loving and leading and caring for God's people. I've never experienced anything like it personally. I've never known the kind of love that, that happens between a sheep and their shepherd when the gospel is at the center of it. It is a blessing. And I want you to know that what you're walking into is a war. But more than that, it is the greatest blessing this side of heaven. And I want you to know that we're glad that you're coming to shepherd us and love us and care for us. And so, I want to go ahead and give these things to you and then they're going to lay their hands on you and pray for you. Um, in Second Timothy, um, Paul actually tells uh, Timothy, make sure that they bring the books. Make sure that they bring the books. And I'm convinced that these are books that are help him be the pastor and the shepherd that God's called him to. And I, we got you two books here. One is a Bible dictionary. Um, which basically addresses every uh, person, place, object, thing, animal, you name it, in the Bible that is discussed so that you can look at really quickly and see what does the Bible have to say about that from Genesis to Revelation. It's called uh, the New Illustrated Bible Dictionary All right, by Nelson's. And then I got you the, um, the Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. 
which deals with every major doctrine from Genesis to Revelation, whether it be salvation, eschatology, uh, the gifts of the Spirit, the gospel of Jesus Christ, this is um, the doctrine that you're going to be teaching and preaching, and you can use this as a resource. Okay? And then, because of your love for Psalm 23 and your desire to be a shepherd, uh, we got you just a little plaque. Um, it has a, a shepherd here with a sheep uh, beside a hill, and it quotes Acts 20, verse 28, which says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. And so the I think kind of the idea is that you might set this somewhere where you study and pray so that you can see yourself as the under-shepherd to Christ as the chief shepherd. Tammy, would you be willing to hold that for him? Yeah. And then here is your certificate of commission. Uh, it says, um, Redeemer Church, certificate of commission, in accordance with the Scriptures and upon the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, Ron Marino is commissioned as an elder by the saints and elders of Redeemer Church on this Lord's Day, September 14th, 2014. And then again, Acts 20, verse 28, shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Would you be willing to hold that too, Tammy? Yeah, thanks. All right, men, if y'all will lay hands on them. (laughs) And let's pray for them. Church, will y'all pray as we pray? Father, I just want to come to you now, Lord. First of all, thanking you uh, for the uh, service this morning, Lord, the uh, excitement in the room, Lord, the... uh, Lord, you're your presence here, God, in uh, this service. Lord, I thank you, Father, for my friendship with Ron and Tammy, God. And early on in my friendship, I remember thinking, God, this is a guy that I want to be around. This is a guy that I can learn from, Lord. This is a guy that I can follow. And, Lord, I am convinced, based on the service this morning, Lord, that that was not unique in my own heart. So, Father, I pray, God, for the leadership of, of Ron and Tammy, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we as a body would come alongside uh, what you've already called in their lives and uh, agree with that and to follow their leadership, Lord. I pray, God, that Ron is able to, uh, Lord, shepherd at his own home, lead his wife, and, Lord, be an example to all the other men in this church to lead their wives. Lord, thank you for Tammy, God. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, give her a heart for these women in this church, Lord, and to show them what it is like to be a wife that loves her husband and that serves her husband and that protects the home. Lord, thank you again for this service this morning, Lord, and for you moving in Redeemer's life, Father. And I pray, Lord, that everything that we do here the rest of the day, God, will bring glory and honor to your name. For it's in your name we pray. Father, it's with delight that we embrace what you have already undertaken. As Ron and Tammy take up the task of walking together in a shepherding role, we pray, Lord, that you'd fill them. Ron shared well how you fill our cup to overflowing and as he walks as an under-shepherd, Lord, and pours into the lives of people, that's only possible as you fill him. And so we pray that you would continue to be his portion 
allow what you pour into him to overflow into the lives of others. Father, we want to specifically pray. I want to specifically bow before you asking that you would equip them as servants to serve the body. Lord, we acknowledge and know from our own individual experience that service to others runs contrary to our nature. We as human beings want to be served. We want things to go our way. We want our own agenda to be fulfilled. And I pray that as by the Spirit of God you fill Ron and Tammy, that they might be able to walk in the grace that empties themselves of themselves and is filled with Christ in order to pour into the lives of other people. We pray for physical strength and stamina for them because shepherding takes work. It's, it's tiring. It's added into the, the course of the other routines of life. And so as Pastor Ryan shared, they go without sleeping. So Lord, I pray that you would be their strength. I would pray that you would allow us as a congregation to be a joy to lead. And so equip them, be their daily portion, we pray. Allow your anointing to pour out into their lives. In Jesus' name. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you now in this portion of this service, Lord, where we have worshipped you today through your word and through singing. And Lord, this uh, commissioning of Ron as, as an elder is just a continuation of our worship of you. For, for you alone, Lord, are, are worthy. You have given us your word. You have told us how we should live. And Father, I just would pray now for Ron and for Tammy that you would enable them, Lord, to minister, continue ministering in a different way, maybe, uh, than you, they have had opportunity in the past. Lord, now to serve as an, as an elder and as an elder's wife. Lord, I pray for your protection for them both. As Ryan said in his charge, Lord, this is spiritual warfare. It's, it's, uh, it's tough. But Father, you enable and you protect, and we just praise you for that fact. You are there. You are with us. Father, I pray for Ron as he has opportunity to teach. Enable him, Lord, to teach clearly, specifically from your word. Lord, I pray that you would give him wisdom as he uh, identifies and protects the flock from false teachers and false teaching, false doctrine. Lord, give him the strength. This this is not an easy thing to do. Father, I pray that you would strengthen him in that regard. I pray, Lord, that when discipline is necessary, Lord, that you would uh, give him the strength to do that as well. And Lord, I pray for Tammy that she would continue to be the most excellent helpmeet that you have provided for Ron, and that their example together as a couple 
would in, uh, encourage the rest of us, Lord, to live for you. We thank you uh, for this couple and as they serve you, Lord, and for this man as he leads this part of your body here at Redeemer. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Redeemer Church, would you stand and let's celebrate what God has done today.